This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to episode 134 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. Thank you very much for coming along. If you don't subscribe, what are you doing, man? Get to our website, hit the subscribe button, and you'll never miss out on any of our weekly content. Fightdisciples.com is the website uh, that you must go to in order to subscribe. See uh, more content when it comes to videos. See loads of stuff regarding our social media. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Fight Disciples. Now, last week we've received quite a few uh, messages off the back of uh, the way that we opened last week's show with a little bit of lifestyle. We uh, started talking about things that were trending on Twitter, uh, of which then uh, obviously inspired a couple of conversations regarding the amount of times that we blocked the toilet ourselves uh, and your mate, Nick, who has uh, got a picture on his phone of the, of, the, of the super log, which went from the U-bend to the rim of the toilet. A lot of people sending us pictures, getting in contact with the show and uh, commenting on last week's effort. So I thought we're going to have to continue uh, the lifestyle theme to kick off our uh, UFC Fight Disciples uh, uh, Thursday podcast, mate. So uh, luckily for us, you've been to... Uh, I've got a story. You've been to a wedding over the weekend of which witnessed a, a best man's speech um, yeah. of which you would like to share with us all this morning. It's a bit like show and tell. If you're in America listening to this right now, this is a bit like show and tell. Nick's going to bring a story every single week which is non-fight related in order yeah. to uh, get the old uh, laughing matter going and then we can get stuck into a little bit of UFC 215 in a moment. Yeah. So let me tell you, this is it's actually a follow-on from last week's story anyway because the groom was the phantom logger, you know, he was, he did drop the turbo shit. So it kind of fits in nicely. I'm kind of moving this story along perfectly. So we're at the wedding on Friday night and to make it worse, we're actually at the service. I, I, me and my mates always do this. We're winding up the best man. You all right? You, you okay? You're not worried, are you? Do you want a little bit of hair on the dog? You got your speech safe in your pocket? You haven't wrote it down, have you? Oh, fucking hell. No pressure, but you know, we want to have a laugh. All that kind of stuff. We've got that kind of rhetoric going for a good two hours. Anyway, we get to the speech he's got a screen up the full it and he's flashing up pictures of when we were kids growing up and him and the him and the best him and the groom and everything else anyway one of the first stories he drops was uh, this is me mate ted he drops the story saying that when they were kids 13 14 years of age whatever they're sitting off in his mate jay's room playing computers whatever they're doing and jay goes you know what fancy a cheese toaster you know i'll nip down make one yeah 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 of course not a problem and he hears a shout from downstairs there's meatballs here do you want a cheese and meatball toasty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he tells the story and saying that he digs into this cheese and absolutely delicious. Gets to the end of it and Jay turns around, pissing himself, laughing, goes, just fucking ate cat food, as kids do. So he tells this story, we're all falling about laughing and he finishes it by saying, one day I'll get you back. Then he moves on to another story. Anyway, 20 minutes of stories, the whole place is captivated, everyone's laughing, you know, we're having a good laugh, you know, he's bringing up stories that we're all familiar with and everything else. Until the final moment when the still photographs finish yep. and suddenly we're presented with a video. And the video, I've got the audio here, which we're going to play now. The video, just to set the scene, this is Ted walking into the kitchen with a bowl of meat and ingredients in front of him. And he drops this bomb shell. Right, for today... I'm going to show you how to make some classic stag burgers. So for the stag burgers, we've got two kilo of prime minced beef. Into that, I'm going to get a good, good pinch of salt. 
and a good crack of black pepper. Give it a good season. Then onto that, some mixed dried herbs, give that a good shake. And then the main ingredients in our stag burgers, a nice bit of cat food. So let's give that in there. Get all three packets in there. And then once they're in, I'm going to give it a good mix round. Make sure it's all nicely incorporated. Once it's all incorporated nicely with the mince, and then I'm going to shape this into some nice 8 ounce patties. So a nice handful burger. And just leave them on the tray, just to firm up nicely. So while I make the rest of these, I just want to say, I hope you enjoy these on the stag weekend lads when I serve them on the barbie. And Jay, thanks very much mate. <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard! That is, he didn't just get his okay, mate back, he got, he got all the lot of us. He got so, the lot of you. So by then, you can imagine the wedding is in fits of laughter. People are rolling on the floors and everything else because the mo the main reason is the groom and 11 lads that were on the stag weekend, myself included, are fucking gobsmacked now looking at it, kind of thinking, this can't be real. This uh, no, it was genuine. Fucking genuine. Fed us cat food burgers. What a lad. Bastard. Do you know what the worst part is? Go ahead. The worst part. Me being a big double XL greedy bastard. I only go some fucking spotted. He made 12. <laughs> but one of the lads is a veggie. So I fucking had the other one. I had two. <laughs> I had double helpings of cat burger. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Woo. His card is marked now. His card is marked. Let That's me tell it. You. That's it. You don't want it. Is there anybody else got a stag do coming up in your group of pals? Um, I think there might be another one coming up. Yeah, there might be another one. What a stroke of ten, genius! So, yeah. What a stroke of genius that is. It, it was uh, to have it, held that pen for such yeah. a long period of time to then dish it back out. What 20, 25 years later? What a 25 hero. years later, yeah. And the fact that he made the video at the stag do and waited on it, had that video ready for two weeks before he dropped it on the night. Nice. It was, uh, yeah, comedy gold, I guess. Fair play, man. Yeah, man. I like it. Like Good it move. a lot. What's his name? Give him some credit. Ted. Ted Leatherbelly. Is that his real name? His, his real name is Ian Ledbetter, but Ted Leatherbelly, yeah, he dropped that one. And uh, the groom, Jay, he was, uh, he was blown away by it, yeah. Cracker. I don't think he bought a drink for the rest of the no. night. I think everybody else at the wedding thought it was that funny. He paid for his ale all night. That's it. Mic drop moment. Walks out. That's yep. what you've got to do. If you're doing the best man speech, you've got to do that, ain't you? You've got to do the mic drop moment. Definitely. As for me, I just drank warm cream out of a bowl all night. <laughs> Evidently coughing up hairballs in the corner. Uh, well, that were on Friday night. Saturday night into Sunday morning, we managed to enjoy a little bit of UFC 215. So if you've just uh, tuned in, this is what we normally get up to. We have a little bit of lifestyle and then we get stuck into... Uh, uh, a bit of fight sports, with this being our UFC show. Of course, we're talking about mixed martial arts, and at the weekend, the pay-per-views were back. UFC 215. We're going to start with something that didn't necessarily happen, though, yep. at UFC 215. It was the fight that we were all talking about last week as we were gearing up for uh, 11 straight title defences for DJ, praying that it was going to be over, and then praying that he'd move up to fight someone half-decent because this is not necessarily the best competition for him. However, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer, mate, because Ray Boy got sick. Mm -hmm. mm. <sighs> After all that bullshit about TJ, didn't, I don't want to fight TJ Dillashaw. You know, he's never made the weight before. The fight might not happen. And then Ray Borg goes and gets sick. Uh, typical. I don't know whether it's, what's going to happen now. I mean, it's been postponed. It's going to be rearranged. But DJ's 
upset because he wants to be paid because he hasn't been paid and I kind of understand that but then the UFC didn't deliver on what they were what they were saving up for pay-per-view audience ah, it's, a, it's a shitty one and you know we wanted to be now going yay 11-0 move on yeah Oh, and now we're just kind of stuck in a time warp like the rest of the flyweight division. Mm. Um, I read an interview yesterday with DJ saying that he wants the rematch within a month or he's not doing anything until the end of the year because um, he's had a long, hard camp and he says if he keeps doing these long, hard camps and his body's going to break down, so he's going to take the rest of the year off if it's not remade for UFC 216. Wow. There you go, man. Yep. Well, to be fair, know. 216 could do a, um, a title fight on there, couldn't it? You know what I mean? 100%. 217 doesn't need it. 217's no, oh, got about three title fights booked on it already, but 216 is in desperate need of it, yeah. Mm, so, do you reckon off the back, I mean, a lot's been made of uh, people reading into Ray Boy getting ill um, and a lot of it being pointed towards a weight cut. Weight cut, obviously, uh, not necessarily gets you will immediately but it doesn't do good things for your immune system and therefore you can pick up bugs quite uh, readily yeah. if you are draining your body of all its goodness and all its nutri- nutrients at, at a rapid rate um, and it's got to be looked at man because it's getting worse and worse and worse I think the, I saw a stat the other day with the amount of the, the amount of fights that have been called this particular year that have been off not necessarily yeah. the pay-per-view events but just off in general because Fighters crashing, um, yeah. killing think, themselves to get to a certain level. Main events and, and, and co-main, I think it's got a less than 50% success rate over the last like 18 months. So That's every mad. main or co-main, you know, half the time, one of them will drop off. It's mm. fucking insane. And that's just two fights at the top of the bill, never mind what's happening on the undercards as well. But MMA is still struggling with this whole weight thing, isn't it? you know, it's still trying to get it right. Obviously, we've, we've spoke about it before. This early morning Friday weigh-ins isn't doing anybody any favours. They need to get a grip on it. Mm. Um, ironically, the fight that did actually um, happen, the title fight that the did happen fight. at 215, yeah. um, was a fight that was rearranged because Amanda Nunes pulled out last time. The yeah. champ um, yeah. took on uh, the bullet, Shevchenko. Your tweets oh. last week were just a different level, my friend, taking uh, sordid, middle-aged man, um, um, misogyny to the next level you know what right. I mean just eyeing up this young lass uh, because uh, you've got a little bit of a penchant to how uh, to how hard and how uh, I think you refer to her as a hooker looking lady is that how is that what you refer I, to her as I think I described her as Russian brass mm. it did come back I did receive text messages from people within the industry yeah, saying I bet that's you did. probably not the most professional way to describe well. the number one uh, bantamweight champion in the world but listen man I can't deny the fact she is Twisting my mellow. No, man. she's not. She's doing it for me. She's fucking. Big. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Stop I think it. if she walked into a room and threatened to punch me in the face, I, I, I don't know. I was just going to say then I, I would, I, you know, I wouldn't be into it, but I fucking would. If nah. she walked in the studio now, I don't know what it is about it. There's nothing about it that should be sexy. But it's ev- not sexy. Ev- You're just everything, a weirdo. Everything about her. Oh, just fucking. I'm watching that at the weekend. Ugh. For one, from a professional point, and let's be professional for a moment, shall we? Let's let's pretend we're professionals. Go on. From a professional standpoint, that was the best woman's fight I have ever seen, ever seen, because they were fucking absolutely elite level. Bar none, bar none. That is the best fight I've ever seen. Two women that I genuinely think, fuck me, either of you would give the male bantamweight champion a run for his money. Fair point. Both can fight. Both are tough. Both keep coming forward. Like, everything about them, there was nothing kind of... Wow, maybe this is what it is. There was nothing kind of... Feminine about it. Feminine about the fight. (laughs) 
It was very masculine. Yeah, it was. It was very masculine. It was very come forward. Like you said, they did meet each other and they were willing to tread, you know? Yeah. I was, you know, I was just, oh. But the Shevchenko thing, man, I can't can't lie. I don't want to lie about it and say, no, no, you know, I was just joking last week. But I watch it, man, I'm like, fuck me. There's something about her. No, sometimes when you're like, you know, you think, sexually, it'd be nice to be choked while something was happening. (laughs) What was the guy that, that that died in the wardrobe? What was his name? The geezer from... Uh, the Australian fella, the singer. In Excess. In Excess. Ma- Michael yeah, Hutchins. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't he wanking while he was hanging himself in a, in a in the wardrobe <laughs> or some shit like that? That's the kind of sex you get with Shevchenko. That's why I said last week, you know, get me a cheese grater and the Shevchenko twins any day of the week. You couldn't have... You couldn't make love to them, could you? You couldn't make love to them. You, you're coming out of that with candle wax burns on your arsehole, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's it's only just, going one way. That's it. Just a cheeky finger up your backside, just as it's, just as it's oh, getting yes. on. <laughs> Milk the prostate, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it happen. Her sister's even hotter, though, as well. Did you see her sister no, in the corner she's of the not. brunette? Neither Ooh, of them are, mate. Mate, what? I'm telling you. You are into some sick ass shit, you aren't you? <laughs> oh, the two of them are just. For it's, those that it's haven't insane. seen it, for those that haven't seen this and have no reference to who we're talking about, um, Valentina Shevchenko. She looks like a female doorman. That's what she looks like. And you're into it, you weirdo. I don't know what it is. It's so weird. It's so weird. I yeah, I don't... Fa- I, you know... Uh, and that you're thinking about getting... As you're, you know, getting down to it with her choking you out like it's some, <laughs> sick, like some sick ass... You want to be assaulted by it. I like, to, I like to come out of it with a tear in my eye, put it that way. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the point? But on a serious note, serious, uh, Amanda Nunes, Valentina Shevchenko, fuck, just let them fight forever. Just let them fight forever because it got to the end of those five rounds and I was like, well, to be honest, got to the end of the fourth round and I went, this is all to play for. Whoever wins this last round yeah. is the champ for me. And Shevchenko made a mistake. Nunes got her down. Uh, and was fighting it on the ground for the last two and a half minutes or the last half of the final round. And for me, that probably swung it back in the champion's favour. But I could totally see why the Shevchenko cha- cha- uh, camp at the end was so visibly upset because mm. those four rounds, I thought she countered brilliantly. She was throwing those, and, and Joe Rogan checked himself in the commentary, superwoman punches that she was launching forward with. I thought... The rounds that Shevchenko won, I thought she looked more dominant than the rounds that you would probably argue Nunes won, which were a lot more closer. Mm. But it was, again, an amazing fight. But one thing I did notice once more is Shevchenko's still, you know, a couple of pounds under that bantamweight limit. Yeah. I'm telling you now, she's the future flyweight champion. I was going to say, do you, is she going down? Um, I think she, she may down go down just, just purely because... Um, the UFC will want her as the flyweight champion because she's the ultimate badass. Yeah, she's a badass. And uh, you know, imagine having Joanna, Valentina, and Amanda as the three uh, as the three UFC champions. Mm. You could argue those three would beat a strawweight, a flyweight, and a bantamweight man. You know, they're all fucking absolute monsters. Regarding, so. regarding Nunes, were you impressed with her engine? Because we both predicted yes. that she'd tire after two or three, mate, but she kept going and she, Ex- had, she had it exactly, in the tank. Exactly, you know, and um, I think it's because, obviously, against Valentina first time around, she did tire. Then, obviously, she, she you know, she stepped up again. We were told that that will never happen again, but she had f- two first round blowouts, you know, she had two 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 uh, two big performances. So, I think uh, she this was the opportunity she maybe she was waiting for in terms of fitness to prove the fact that she could uh, that she could do it down a stretch. And I noted there when she came out in the fourth, 
that was she was so bright at the start of the fourth round she was kind of like laughing and joking and she was like super fired up and aggressive i was like okay we, we get it you know you're making a you think you're making a little bit of a statement there to say fuck i'm fresh as a daisy mm. but uh you know i thought she was losing the probably early on in the fifth round but then obviously the mistake in the takedown gave her the fifth round but listen I, again I, I i just appreciated the fact that how far women's fighting has come and these two women are the pinnacle of that. And I'll probably put Joanna Jadrzejczyk in there as well, but Joanna, when she fights, it's kind of when Amanda or Valentina fights another woman. You know, you, you kind of go, you've got a, a feminine, I don't know what it is, like a feminine approach, or maybe they don't punch straight, or the grappling's not on point, something. There's a slight weakness in the game, the cardio's slightly off. But with these two, and with Joanna, there isn't that mm. at all. They're just fighting machines. And all. when I watched it, I just appreciated how high level this is. And every woman who's a fighter out there should be watching this going, wow, mm. that's that's where you've got to get to, you know. Are you, uh, are you going to take your words back from uh, Rafael Dos Anjos last week when you were slagging him, you know what I mean, accusing him of all sorts? He puts in a wonderful performance at the weekend, calls out yeah. Tyron, let's do it, man, let's bring it, let's become a two-weight champ. He was a different class, wasn't he? I've yeah. got to be honest. Um, he looked way too small when the fight began. I was like, oh, my God, he looks tiny. Uh, I know Magny's a big guy. Magny's like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, or whatever, but he just completely and utterly manhandled him. But what I did like is that he's gone back to what he's good at. You know, he's a black belt and jiu-jitsu you know he's an amazing grappler and that's what he did he's like got him down got him in an arm triangle ripped his arm off, and nearly ripped his head off mm. that's what he should be doing he shouldn't be trying to stand and bang and whatever else but uh, it was good to see him flash a flashback to that is he ready for tyron woodley i don't believe so not yet but you know what this welterweight division right now it's uh it's super exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, best performance from uh, Henry Sejudo in a UFC octagon by an absolute yep. country mile, man. Rough. Absolute country mile. I mean, fair enough. The flyweight division, we've spoke about it on many occasions with DJ being at the top of the crew and everybody else is just, every every other squirrel's just uh, trying to get themselves a bit of a nut. But with a performance like that, Sejudo, he's mm. putting himself back in the mix, man. People are going to start talking about him for another shot. Yeah, definitely, you know, and uh, the difference is you're talking about an Olympic wrestler here that's now, uh, you know, knocked somebody out. So, yeah. you know, he's knocking guys out at this high level. He had a couple of knockouts early in his career, but certainly in the UFC, he's not knocked anybody out. He's been knocked out by by DJ, but, uh, you know, it, it just seemed like his confidence has gone up to the next level, you know, his his ability seems to have gone up. He's obviously got a lot of, a lot of power and he's explosive. You know, you'd, you'd imagine, you'd expect that from an Olympic gold medalist. But uh, the, the problem is, as good as he looked, would I put, do I, would I back him to beat DJ? I, I wouldn't. You know, I, I still believe all these guys are a level below DJ. And the sooner DJ gets that 11th win and moves up, the better this flyweight division will be. Mm. We've done extremely well to get 20 minutes into the podcast without talking about refereeing there, mate. Well done, you. Yep. We're going to have to, aren't we? Because uh, I suppose the main one is uh, Tucker versus Glenn. Absolutely awful refereeing. Terrible yeah. referee. And how much punishment did he need to take? I mean, I think he's brought four bones in his face, hasn't he? I think that's horrific. the doctor's report. Yeah, horrific, you know. And, and Alberta uh, have got to be wary, man. Tim yeah. Haig died on their watch, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly, 100%. And it was that was one of those fights that I didn't watch the prelim card live and I went back and when I was, I'd read what had happened. So I'm, you're kind of watching it and wincing, you yeah. know? You're kind of like thinking, fucking hell. But when it got down to it, I was thinking, what is he doing? You know, it's so evident that he's literally getting his face busted up. You know, I, 
I scored the fight and it was just so one-sided. Yeah. It was so one-sided that you just think that this is the thing about boxing, you know, if if a, if it is that one-sided, the referee will step in. You know, I think you'll see that kind of a lot more in boxing than what you tend to do in MMA when it comes to striking stuff like this. They tend to just let it go and let it keep going. But at, at some point there, the referee had to take responsibility because a referee's job, first and foremost, is protect the fighters, protect the athletes. And Gavin Tucker was not protected against Rick Glenn. Mm. Do you think he's reputation? Because he's got a reputation, hasn't he, Tucker, of this up-and-coming rising star. Um, do you think that maybe preceded and was in the back of the, the ref's mind? Yeah, but that's, that that shouldn't be the case with a referee. You know, mm. I've spoken to Mark Goddard, the UFC referee, about this a lot. And, you know, he's probably the best out of these shows. Definitely one of the best in the world, without a shadow of a doubt. And he's always like, whether it's a title fight or whether it's a, a local hall in the middle of the Midlands, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you go in there and, my, and the job of a referee is to protect the fighters. Judge what you see. Exactly. You've got to go in there and judge it. You can't go in there going... Oh, I know this guy's tough as must, tough as all boots. Like so, I let it go a bit further because I know he can take it. Mm. You know that that's irresponsible. Or to in this case to go in and go, this kid's ten fights unbe- unbeaten, so I'll give him the best chance. Yeah, but he's only had one fight in the UFC, mm. which he won by decision. Uh, his previous fights were outside of the UFC, so obviously at a completely different level to this. And suddenly he gets in against someone like with Rick Glenn, you know, and 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 it was just. For me, the referee didn't do his job. You can't blame Rick Glenn. Rick Glenn can only keep fighting until the referee tells him to stop. Mm. Uh, but I just think my concern now is that will Gavin Tucker ever be the same again? It was the type of beatdown and the type of, you know, he's going to have to take a lot of time off now while his face recovers. But it's also one of them beatdowns where you kind of come away and think, hmm, how much did it make? You know, it is the second fight in the UFC. So the fact that he lost. What did he make? Five grand, maybe. Yeah, five, ten grand, maybe. You know, he's, he looks at himself in the mirror. His his family look at him in the face and go, "Is it worth it? Is that worth?" Well, his 10 girlfriend grand? was supposed to be absolutely grand? distraught. I bet side. she was. Like they, I bet they, they she pulled was. her through security in order to go and see him straight after the fight because she was in hysterics, like screaming at the referee to stop the fight. Like an elephant man. It mm. was just unreal, mm. absolutely unreal. Yeah. Fighting stuff, and uh, you, you're right. You know, I think I'll be, you know, I think the. The Canadians have got to take some responsibility. Um, and I think, you know, the UFC, the good thing is the UFC are very good like that. They will be asking serious questions about that referee. They will be asking some serious questions to the local commission whose job it is to provide the referees and everything else. But uh, scary moments. Speaking of scary moments, hmm? did you see the post-fight images of Gilbert Melendez's left leg? Cracking that, isn't it? Fuck me. Jeremy Stevens has had a go at that, hasn't he? Oh, my God. Well, it looks t- like a giant fucking monster that just come up and chewed on his leg. Well, I'll tell you what, they won't be asking who the fuck is that guy anymore. They know exactly so, who yeah. he is now, don't they? That was a massive performance from Jeremy Stevens. And I don't want to take anything away from Jeremy Stevens because, listen, he, he he did his homework. You know, it's well known that Gilbert Melendez doesn't check le- his leg kicks. You mm. know, he's he's just a fucking... He's, he's the old scrap pack ma- mentality, isn't it? It's just like... It's a Nick like, Diaz mentality. Yeah, man. It's just like keep walking forward and walk people down. and You know, break, the, break their will with, uh, with your shin bone, basically. <laughs> But uh, Jeremy Stevens did his homework. His movement was fantastic. He destroyed, absolutely destroyed Gil Melendez's legs, both legs. When even when he ch- switched stance, he started on the other one. Then, mm. but the next day when I seen it, and his leg was double, his leg from thigh to ankle was double the size of his of his of his right leg. Mm. It was fucking horrific. At some again, at some stage, 
you know, the referee has got to save Gilbert Melendez from himself. You know, his corner team are fucking Nate Diaz. And, you know, basically the scrap pack guys. So they're like, ah, fuck it, man. Keep going forward. He doesn't He doesn't like your boxing. He doesn't like your boxing. The guy's got a practically got a bright, broken leg. Like Straight away had this massive hematoma right hanging off under his knee. Mm. And it was, just, it was just horrific. But, you know, typical Gil Melendez, brave as fuck. Too brave for his own good. Keeps walking forward, walking into it. You know, a, a responsible corner team would have went, you know what, it's just not your night, Gil. Because there was not, no point in the fight was he beating Jeremy Stevens, And when he had one leg, it certainly wasn't going to happen. A real corner team at the end of the second would have went, that's it, we're done. We're done. Your leg's fucked. You're having no joy. Live to fight another day. There's no point taking this kind of damage because Jeremy Stevens now is just destroying your leg. There was no point in coming out for the third round except for, for, for bravado. That is it. You know, and I think his corner team should be embarrassed that they even sent him out for the third round. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, roll on this weekend. BT Sport are airing the comeback of Mr. Luke Rockhold, a man that is uh, extremely, extremely good looking. Do you know something I can appreciate how good looking this man is, even if you've gone off on a little bit of a sickle one at the start of this, talking about Valentina Shevchenko. Um, Luke Rockhold, even though I am a heterosexual man, I look at Luke Rockhold and I think to myself, do you know something? If I caught my wife in bed with you, I'd probably make you a cup of tea and bring you a biscuit, mate. You're a good looking boy. And you can fight a bit. However, you will always be remembered fondly in my house because you're the geezer that hung your chin out nicely for left hook Larry Michael Bisping to tech it and take that belt. Um, but it's good to see Rockhold back because a lot of people have been billing Rockhold as the main middleweight. Him and alongside yep. uh, the likes of Weidman. Weidman attempting to get himself back in there. Rockhold, uh, people classing as the best middleweight on the planet, even though Bisping beat him. He's back this week. And this is the first time since Bisping did beat him over yeah, well over a year ago. What is yeah. it now? It's not, it's, 15, 16 months. Yeah, that was crazy, June, wasn't it? Man. June last year, that was. Crazy amount of time. He's taking on a geezer that the majority of people might have to Google this weekend in David Branch. Uh, but it's good to see him back in. I anticipate him to put on a good performance, great performance. And hopefully we will see him back in the octagon again before the end of the year. Hopefully we can turn something around and get him in a decent fight uh, for us to uh, maybe wet our whistles a little bit and get excited about him in 2018. Yeah, he's obviously an AKA fighter, Luke Rockhold, so he probably won't be fit to fight again this year because those guys can't really stay fit that long. But you're right, he needs to get busy. He needs to get himself back in the mix. David Branch's second stint in the UFC, he, he was kicked out of the UFC, went and became World Series of Fighting champion put a really nice run together this is he's back in the ufc now um but let's be honest you know this guy is is levels below luke rockhold uh i think you're right i think on his day luke rockhold probably the best middleweight in the world but listen you've got to beat the man to be the man and mm. last time he, he fought he lost his title and he got beat by by uh, michael bispin so listen 100 he isn't the man 100 this is what's gonna happen right because bispin and gsp are doing their media tour this week we might uh, you might have seen a bit floating around on social media yep. Bispin doing his normal thing and uh, doing impressions of george which is highly amusing keeps us ticking over before we get to madison square garden in november great stuff guarantee luke rockhold starches uh david branch this weekend yeah he will get on the microphone and he will mention michael bispin's name not a que- there's not a question in of my course. mind about it that's what he's of going course. to do he's, he wants it let's get it back on and i wouldn't be surprised if he's saying uh to dana listen if uh, gsp doesn't make weight stick me in there i was just going to say that's what he should be saying because you know how i feel about gsp and <coughs> the other perfect risk Replacements 
is uh, Bobby Knuckles, of course, uh, Robert Whittaker, and Robert Whittaker's out injured at the moment, recovering from surgery. So mm. uh, Luke Rockhold with a massive performance against David Branch. I-, I believe this is an opponent that's been saved up for him for a massive performance. Mm. I think he does the business here, and he just says, listen, I'm going to save fit. I booked me flight. I'm going to be in New York. Listen, if GS- when GSP pulls out, I will step in, just like Michael Bisping stepped in when Weidman got pulled out of my fight and I had to take on Bisping at late notice. I will be fit and ready, and when GSP is unavailable, I will step in and I will fight Michael Bisping for the middleweight belt. Mm. Because I, I right now, I think there's more chance of Luke Rockhold fighting Bisping in, in Madison Square Garden than George St. No, you see, you're hating on this. You're hating on this, but I kind of, um, I'm starting to feel that vibe a little bit, even though they are currently sat as we're recording this, on my television screen, um, doing a little bit of a news press thing for uh, yeah. Fox TV at this moment, uh, yeah. which you'll probably be able to have a bit of a nosy on, uh, on various bits of social media. It's a decent card this, you know. I know that Rockhold's at the top of the bill doing his thing, but it's a decent card. Mike Perry, a man that we're familiar with, obviously yep. he fought our boy Danny Roberts. He's on there against Thiago Alves. I kind of like Platinum Perry, you know, even though... You know, he came across as a bit of a cock in the week that it built up I towards. Was just say, he is a bit of a cock. Well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, but I kind of like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not fighting me mate anymore, and I kind of like that he's a bit of a gobshite and he calls and people out and he says nasty stuff. You know what I mean? I kind of like all that, and he backs it up with some dirty elbows and some proper knockout power. I hope that he does do a job on Tiago Alves this weekend and maybe sticks himself in the mix in that welterweight division. Anyone that shaves off their own eyebrow and replaces it with their nickname in a tattoo form. Platinum, baby. There's a bit of a cock in my book. But, yeah, but, you're, but he's, he can fight. You know he can he's fight, fun. man. He's fun. He's explosive. He's a puncher. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, he, you know, he's, he's got a massive opportunity here going in with Thiago Alves. Obviously, Alves is a former title challenger himself. He fought George St-Pierre back at UFC 100. So this is a, a massive opportunity for Platinum Perry to really move up the rankings, in mm. my opinion. Uh, and it's co-main as well. So mm. crazy. Hector Lombard's on the bill. There's a couple of yep. other kids on there as well that we've caught our eye over the recent time. So, you know what I mean? All right, Kamari Usman's the one yeah, for me. Keep yeah, an yeah, eye yeah. out for Kamari Usman, who I really like. Who we, who we both are familiar with. He trains with Danny Roberts. He won that Ultimate Fighter, Black Zillions versus ATT thing. He's a you know absolute stud grappler. I think he's undefeated. Or he, or he did he lose one early in his career? He's certainly undefeated in his UFC run. Uh, he's fighting Sergio Marias, who's no joke as well. So I really like that fight. And then when you go right down the card as well, you see that Christoph Jocko, who we've had on this show. Meteos, yeah. He's fighting Uriah Hall. That's the third fight on the bill. Mm. Talk about a fall from grace for both those guys. Mm. Jocko, if you remember, lost to David Branch last time out. So in one fight, he's got. if he'd have won that, effectively, you could argue Jocko would be fighting Luke Rockhold in the main event. That's how razor thin you know, success and failure can be in the UFC. You know, he wins a fight, he fights Luke Rockhold, and basically, you beat Luke Rockhold when you're writing a title shot, so effectively, that's an eliminator for a title shot. Yet he loses it, and now he fights fucking Uriah Hall, who's probably the biggest, most wasted talent in the UFC. Uh, Uriah Hall hasn't won a fight in his last three. He's lost his last three. Mm. When he was winning tough, or when he got through to the final of tough, if you remember... He was Dana White picked him out as being like an absolute stud, the future UFC champion. They're calling him the new Anderson Silva. Yeah, That's what he was saying calling. everyone's terrified of him and everything else. Now here he is, third fight on the card on a, on a fight night event. Mm. Strange, but that again, just from a, a weird point of view, I'll definitely be looking for that fight. Well, that whenever I think of your eye hole, I always think of your uh, my boy Gegard Mousasi, who's no longer in the UFC, so it makes me feel a little bit sad, mate. You know what I mean? Yep. 
just have a moment there just to Paul uh, just to reminisce. Uh, I'll tell you what will cheer me up. Uh, giving away some uh, free clothes. When I say giving away some free clothes, giving away a code that will get you some discount off some clothes because we've got a little bit of a partnership deal going on with the lovely people at Loop Designer Menswear. Uh, you can see some of that Designer Menswear on me and Nick on our website at this moment in time. Not that we're modelling, we're just wearing it whilst we're interviewing people. Uh, you're more than welcome to go and have a look at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The code is FDLR15. If you use that in the checkout on Luke's website, which is luke1977.com, uh, you'll get 15% off. Also, uh, coming up at the end of the month, uh, we're going to have a bit of a prize pack, which will include some fight tickets, uh, some discount codes, some vouchers to go and spend at Luke. Loads of nice stuff uh, that we're working on with them. They're a top people there. Uh, and we encourage you to go and have a little bit of a nosy because they do some half-decent clobber as well. All right. Uh, so Luke1977.com, our clothing partner, and the code is FDLR15. You're happy with your swag, aren't you? In fact, you forgot. After, do you know something? This is another thing I wanted to bring up with you. After moaning at me for two or three weeks about wanting some free clothes, right? The lovely people at Luke sorted you out. They, I brought a box of stuff to the studio the other day. And did you take any of it? No, your buddy didn't. You took one. One, one t-shirt I got. You one t- t-shirt no, I got didn't. home to Jane. I said, fucking one t-shirt no, you I got. Didn't. Adam's going to be head to toe in Luke for the rest of the, rest of the year. shit. I got you one lying t-shirt. Shit. One t-shirt. Mate, there's about four or five large t-shirts, all with your name on it, that you've left in the bag, right? You've Class. taken one home. That's all you've done. So after morning, yeah, <laughs> you didn't even take the gear home. I was shocked. I said I got home and said James, like, where's all your where's all your gear? So oh. Adam's got it on eBay, I think. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he, and he got a t shirt. Well, I'll tell you something, just for being a cheeky shit, it's going on eBay. I'm gonna make <laughs> myself a few quid. That's what I'm gonna do. Uh, listen, we need to um obviously finish this show on the biggest news of the week. I don't give a shit about two one five. I don't even care about Rockhold. I'm not even bothered about Bispin having his bumming faces off with uh, George St. Pierre. I'm not interested. I'm bothered about going to UFC Gdansk, mate. That's what I'm yeah, bothered man. about. Because, oh boy, and tell you something, thank you so much for all your awesome messages over the last week or so. Obviously tagging in Darren and tagging in ourselves and basically saying that it was listening to Fight Disciples that introduced you to Darren Till and now that you're on the bandwagon, you're loving the way that he's going about his business. What an unbelievable pat on the back for him. Yeah. He, w- he won't see it as this. This is an opportunity now, the gateway for the superstardom, right? Of which oh, is God, yeah. which is absolutely tremendous. But what a what a pat on the back from his employer, the UFC, for the work that he has done over the last year to say, listen, mate, you are, in our opinion, one of the future stars. Go and take on a legend. Cowboy Cerrone coming to Poland. UFC Gdansk. And our boy has got that shot only six weeks after his last efforts in UFC Rotterdam, and that is the mark of the man for saying, yeah, I don't give a shit, I'm ready. Let's take on the legend at short notice, let's do it. Yeah, it's incredible, and uh, I spoke to Darren shortly after, and uh, the Hang same... Hang on a minute, that, no, 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 Darren sp- phoned you before it actually, yeah, before anybody knew anything about it, and you didn't fucking answer your phone, you bellend! I know. We could, we could have had a bloody world exclusive. He's phoning <laughs> you to say, lads, lads, I'm going to the Gdansk, I'm fighting Cowboy Cerrone, and what are you doing? Ugh! You're doing bloody school <laughs> run. You're doing the bloody school run, mate. Come that's, on, get your phone on. That's true as well. I didn't want to bring that up. I didn't want to embarrass myself. But, you know, anyway, it's oh, out Darren, there now. Darren's rang me. I wonder what Darren's rang me for. I'll tell you what Darren's rang you for. Turn on the news. <laughs> Turn on the news. That's what he's rang you for. What made it worse is he rang me. I'm fucking doing whatever. And I thought, right, okay. 
Darren's rang me. I'm going to ring him straight back. And then you know yourself, some bullshit happens in your life and you're like, okay, I need a minute so I can actually speak to him rather than, you know, while I'm in the middle of something. Next thing you know, and totally out my head. An hour later, I get a text message from one of the fight disciples on Twitter as well, a direct message going, hey, Nick, you must be buzzing. And I'm like, what the fuck's he on about? Cowboy versus Till. And I was like, no. No, no. Okay, rings yeah. Darren, engaged. Rings his coach. Oh yeah, yeah. He said he was going to ring you this morning. Yeah. Fuck no. Do you, do you want a worldwide exclusive, lads? Get down to the gym now. Let's do a film and stick it out on social media before they announce it. Yeah, yeah before exactly, UFC yeah. even do it. Yeah. Yeah. You're balls deep in fucking porridge. That's what you were doing. No, yeah. exactly. So by then, fucking hell. By then, it was on MMA fighting and everything. I was like, ah, oh, bollocks. <laughs> UFC announced it the next day. But listen, I spoke to Darren. He was absolutely over the moon, obviously. He was actually planning the night out with his Hang mates. on a minute. Like, I'll tell you what. Go out with the lads. No, I've got a problem with him, actually. Do you know something? I'm going to I'm gonna pick a bone with him, right? Because did you see Easy. him the other day? He's been on MMA Hour with Ariel Hawani. Now, I know all the big boys are on there, what? right? Yeah, oh yeah, mate. And I'll tell you something. He were on Skype. So he's, honestly, his Skype skills, we need to teach him how to do all the fucking multimedia. He's going to be a oh, super, He's going to yeah, be one of yeah. these superstars, right? He's going to be a major superstar, and we need to get him across the world. We need to look after all his media, because he, he was basically like me dad on FaceTime, is what he was doing, <laughs> where your face is too close to the screen. <laughs> Darren, step back. Step back so people can see you. All you can see is his mouth. He's talking into the camera, like going, yeah, yeah, I can hear you, Ariel. How are you, lad? Yeah, Sam. Dad, step Plus. back. I can't see your face. What are you talking about? We'll have to sort that for him. We'll have to I'll have definitely a word. sort that for yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But now you, that's a mark of how big you're getting if you're on that uh, TV well, broadcast. It, it, obviously, it's his main event in Gdansk. You know, he's fighting Cowboy Saron. It fucking doesn't get any bigger than that. The guy's top 10 rank. So, mm. you know, this is the opportunity that Darren's been calling for. And listen, this is harks back to what we say all the time about any fighter. You, the most important thing is to win your fight. The second most important thing is to get on that fucking mic That's and it. do some damage. And he got on there and he, he didn't even call out Cowboy. He called out Ponzinibbio. He said, he beat him. I'm, I'm going to beat him. You know, I'm going to show him the best strike in the world. Well, the story happened is once they got back to the hotel, uh, the matchmaker came up to Darren and he said, listen, you know... Uh, this is Sean Shelby, yeah? This is Sean Shelby, the UFC. And he said, listen, Darren, you know, uh, what you said there about being the best strike in the world. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said... Uh, some people say Cowboy Cerrone's the best striker in the world. Darren said, I just Darren recalled the story and said, I just looked at him and went, Are you offering me Dan Cowboy Cerrone? And he was like, Maybe. Gdansk, if you fancy it in Poland in the next month, do you think? Darren was just like, Fucking right, I think so. Yeah, bring it, is it on. Right, lad. I will take that all day. So I spoke to Darren, yeah, he's absolutely over the moon and he's he's got he's plotting a course now. He sees Cowboy as his route into a top ten. He sees January or February as his final eliminator shot. And then he wants a title shot early in the summer, Tyrone. late in the spring. Tyrone. He wants it. He wants it. He's like, fucking bring it on. I'm the best in the world. I am the best there. I was saying, wow, this is phenomenal. And then my obviously the the you know me, I'm as scouse proud as they come. I was like, yeah, but when, when, Darren, when do we get the UFC into Liverpool? When are the UFC finally going? You can do it, man. You can get them here. You can get the, the UFC to the Echo Arena. It's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. awesome. Sign, you know pa- his- sign Paddy up as well. Stick him on the undercard. You know what his response was? Go ahead. He went, yeah, it'd be good, Nick, but, uh, you know, 
wouldn't UFC fight night Ibiza be better? I said, yeah, baby! Yeah, baby! UFC fight night Ibiza is a fucking real thing. We're going to try and do it. I'm, I'm in now. I'm balls deep in Mate, it now. This is the thing that you I, could, I don't want on. it in Liverpool no more. No. I want UFC Ibiza the week after Radio 1's weekend as well. So it's nice and fat. We've got Pete Tong there and everything. It's going to be amazing. This is the thing that you actually created. When we had Paddy the Baddy in the studio having a little bit of a chat about his uh, rise in the uh, Cage Warriors, you invented uh, UFC Ibiza. U- U- Hashtag UFC Ibiza. Mm. Let's make it happen. But it's scout. Is it? Is it the week before? I think it's the week before Radio One weekend. Actually, the week before in Ibiza is known as Scouse Week. Literally half of Liverpool moves to Ibiza for that one week. I'm sure it's the week before the Radio One weekend. That's the perfect time to do it. UFC. Darren Till, the new UFC welterweight champion, defending his belt. Or if it's if it can happen, get Tyrone over there. Let's do it in Ibiza. Let's build a massive arena. Or, you know, we'll use one of these big beach bars that mm. they have over there now or something. I'm there, man. Stop it. I can Stop taste it. the sangria Just because already. Connor's out there now at the moment enjoying himself in Ibiza with his missus and all his family and what have you, you just think, ah, oh, yeah, there's an angle. There's an angle. Let's get him in there. Yes. The UFC going out to Ibiza with Darren Till. Anyway, congratulations to him. We'll be speaking to him about it, a ton of stuff. And yep. hopefully we're going to try and sort something out where we can get out to Gdansk and do some uh, exclusive stuff. Uh, with Darren during fight week so it's well worth following us on all our social medias at Fight Disciples on Facebook Twitter and Instagram we'll try and give you some behind the scenes stuff with Darren Till and I'm hearing Jimmy Manor was very very close to signing a deal for being on the same card that'd be something quite special with two of our boys obviously uh, doing yep. their thing at UFC Gdansk fingers crossed for that uh, just a final bit of news that I've got is that uh, you mentioned this right at the start actually uh, my girl Johanna uh, Zhedrajek who is the the current champ? He's the she's the, she's the proper champ. You know what I yep. mean? She's smashing everybody up, but she signed up. Rose Namahunis. We uh, we said that this fight was going to happen. We just wanted the confirmation and the confirmation of the date. They're going to MSG at two one seven. So now what we've got? We've got Bispin GSP. But you're no. going to tell me that it's Bispin and Rockhold. Yeah, that's going to happen at that fight. Then what we've got underneath it? We've got Cody versus TJ, which is an tremendous absolute yep. of a fight. Tremendous. Then underneath that, you've got Johanna against Rose Namahunis, which is. Probably the most competitive fight that uh, Johanna's going to find herself in for some time. This is a this is beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, th- I really like that fight. I re- I'm a massive fan of Rose. I think she's really starting to mature now, and she's a proper little badass. Uh, I think that's a cracking fight. Absolutely brilliant. Three amazing title fights there. Shame the top one's going to drop off. But as I say, Rockhold <laughs> coming in will save the day there. There you go. That's 217. We've still got 216 to get through and hopefully they uh, they find us something for 216. There's some okay stuff on there, but you want that big mouthwater. That's what you want. And I I think they're probably going to go with DJ Rayboy and try to remake that fight. I would have thought so, yeah, yeah. I like. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the Ferguson-Kevin Lee. I yeah, but that's, that's it. That's a great fight. But that's but it. You know, it's it's you can't have a, a you know one one event that's got two two title fights and one interim then, and then one in the middle with no title fights or an interim and then one with three title fights. It just doesn't make sense. Mm. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they pushed DJ back because and even if it wasn't Ray Borg, if Ray Borg went, you know still complained, then he might even say to Sahudo, "Listen, do you want to jump back in? You're fresh as a daisy anyway. Mm. You might get that shot just to get DJ out the way." You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. So there you have it. That's our UFC show for this week. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. If this is the first time that you've ever been a part of the Fight Disciples thing, you can subscribe on our website, fightdisciples.com. We're on all social medias, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Loads of videos up there this week, which you can get stuck into in our boxing world. We're talking Triple G and Canelo, obviously. Uh, We'll be uh, obviously looking back 
at the comeback of uh, Luke Rockhold um, off the back of uh, this weekend's fights on next week's show. So make sure you subscribe so you never miss out on any of our content. Hopefully Nick will be in a better mood next week when I've passed on all this clothes. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to flog it in via eBay. If you want to buy, if you want your T-shirts back, <laughs> we'll have to buy them. get on eBay. They're going at a tenner a pop at this moment in time, all right? I've, uh, I need to speak to Luke anyway because I've got a cracking idea for a Shevchenko Twins meets a cheese grater style T-shirt. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.